Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What are you talking about? This conversation can serve purpose. WBZ. Hey, Bradley J here. You are Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. We have Kevin Brasler here with checkbook.org for his monthly stop through. This is his favorite stop, his last stop. Right, Kevin? Uh, it's actually you're getting me at the beginning of my tour. This oh, really? Time. Yeah. And you're yeah. already kind of tired. So I'm I'm unrehearsed. I don't have my sound bites down yet. I'm gonna probably struggle through this here. You know? Okay. First, before <laughs> before we get to I'm setting a, a tone of uh, I don't think I'm gonna do well. Before you're gonna set the bar low. I yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. am on board with that. We're gonna talk about stuff you should not buy used and LASIK surgery, LASIK eye surgery. But first. Let's revisit something we talked about prior, and that yeah. is flight insurance. We're we're both embroiled in flights and in and thinking about insurance situations. That I have booked a flight and I got insurance, even though agreeing with you at the time that it was a terrible idea. I I, I yeah. went and got it. You, on the other hand, uh, you did not get it, and you're going to Switzerland and Austria, and you're yeah. now feeling like, oh, I should have gotten it, even though you say not to get it. No, I, I, so I think I feel okay about that trip now. Um, but I, later this year in uh, late August, I'm going to Alaska for a couple of weeks. And uh, part of that trip, I had to, had to prepay a lot for that trip. I'm going up into Denali and um, like to stay up there per night is it's outrageously expensive. It's to the point to where my, my wife doesn't listen to the show. So I'm, I'm safe saying this, like, she doesn't know how much that trip so if you, is costing, and she'll never know. Like, I the, just, it's so much money that I just and she doesn't not, know. I won't. She's, she's not going to see the bank. I'm a terrible husband. Call me a terrible husband if you want. I'm just. I'm not. No. Did no. you just not put that money I, into the family? I, let's thing? just say I have a, a way to you know kind of launder these things. <laughs> okay. <she'll> <laughs> I don't think she'll be mad at me for it because I mean she said this is you know it's a once in a lifetime thing. Go do your once in a lifetime thing. She's been pretty supportive. I'm worried about the uh, about reciprocity. What that, you that, owe? Yes, that that because I took this trip and it cost that much money, then she'll double those costs and go on a trip with her friends, and and then then it, things become quickly out of uh, hand, unaffordable. Yeah. So, so you're going alone or with? Uh, so I'm going to uh, a, a very good friend and, and colleague of mine, uh, Mike Nezovich. Uh, he and I are going to Alaska together. We're going to spend about a week there, and he's going to go back. Chicago. He lives in Chicago, and then I'm going to stay on for another f- five or six days and go to Denali. 
What's your your? He's a better husband than I am. He he discussed the cost of denial with his wife, and she said, "Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea." So, when are you going? Uh, it's like the last couple of weeks in August. Okay. Yeah. And what's your itinerary overall? So overall, I think he and I are going to spend like four or five days down in the Kenai Peninsula, and then right. and then another three or four days up in like uh, central Alaska. There's uh, an area of Alaska called Glacier View, which is kind of kind of west or east of Anchorage in the middle of nowhere, basically. Uh, and then I'll drop him and head up to Denali for. And you'll fly up there. Uh, I'm gonna just take the bus. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna there's drive a train, up. Right? There's the, a, well, there's a train that goes Anchorage to Denali, but then you you get the you get in too late or something yeah. to catch the shuttle. There's like basically like a seven hour shuttle ride through the park to where there are actually places where you can stay. So how long is the bus ride? Uh, they said on the way in they expect it to be seven hours, and then on the way back it's like three because they don't stop. Basically, going in they stop all the time to show you views and bears uh. and moose and all that stuff. And then you know, they they stop for the scenic stops, and they but coming back to your car, they just they they hoof it. So, okay, they're gonna pick up the next group. So this is so. August high season. Denali's out of the way, yeah, very and popular. So, and I've prepaid. So basically, this this place where I'm staying, this lodge, hotel, whatever it is. Uh, What's the it, name of it? It's extraordinarily expensive. What's the name of it? I can't remember. There's yeah, like sure three of them. No, it's like I can't remember which one now. I'd have to. I could find all my emails here, but. Um, there's like three of them. They're all super expensive. They all require you basically uh, to pay in advance. I mean, they straight up tell you, we won't refund your money for any reason. You better buy trip insurance. And really? I, have, I have chosen not to do that. Um, I was a little nervous about not buying insurance for the family trip, which is coming up in a few weeks, but it looks like we're safe there. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm not, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm going to just... Denali Backcountry Lodge, is that it? Yeah. Is I that think it? that's the one. Yeah. There's another one, Kishawa or something. Here, I'll find it in my email. That's all right. I know all no, these no, no, that's all right. I, just, I, really... I wanted to find out how much it costs. No, man. <laughs> You're not going to tell me, so I was going to look it up. It's it's a lot of money. Let's just say It's got to be 400 a night. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm staying at the Roadhouse Kantishna. Roadhouse. Okay. I don't know how to say that. All right. I apologize. It's got to be 400 the, a night, the right? Fine folks it's in, just, uh, at the Roadhouse there. Like 400 know? a night? It's more than that. <laughs> because it's based on, it's all inclusive. <laughs> so all your meals are included. Okay. But, my, but because my friend Mike, uh, basically because of Beth, his wife, said no. Uh, no I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, it's I'm single occupancy, so I have to pay the uh, I have to pay that, that extra that? rate because it's everything's all the fees are based on double. Yeah, occupancy, yeah. Don't you hate that? Make... Yeah. Do well, they... here's the way I look at these things, though. Um, so I work really hard. I, I basically haven't had a day off in two months. Right. And so what am I working for? Well, I'm working to, you know, have, you know, make a good life for my kids. That's the primary reason. But. Beyond that, I'm I'm working for this. This is all I really right. cared about in terms right. of like you and I. That's all you and I ever talk about is traveling and stuff. Yeah. Because this is what I do live for. This is I think about these trips constantly. Right. Like I was before I came over here. Um, I do have a few days coming up where I have off, and I'm trying to figure out what to do because I have to go from Seattle to San Francisco. And if weather stinks, I'm trying to decide well, I go to New Mexico. What do I want to do? And so I mean, I just think about these things constantly, and it's because this is what I really enjoy doing. And so. I don't feel that bad about spending a ton of money on this. Good. Stuff. However, I will feel bad if I have to cancel the trip and don't yeah. get any money back. So I, this is interesting, folks. I think it's a good idea for us to go through it because this is we talked about. Don't get the insurance, but I went to a place called at the recommendation of a friend. 
who always who does safaris and stuff. They're expensive yeah. and and gets insurance through my book insuremytrip.com. Right. So I booked something five months in advance, which is unlike me. I looked and you talked about getting air ambulance insurance. Good idea. You never know if you're going to get an accident. So I looked at the distance and I looked at what they gave me and I thought, yeah, it's a high percentage of the trip, but it's a low dollar amount and it'll give me peace of mind and I don't care. And so I got it and I kind of feel good about it because it was only 86 bucks. That's a pretty high percentage, but I feel like I've almost got 86 bucks worth of peace of mind in only in only three weeks. Yeah. On the other hand, you are you completely poo-poo the stuff. Well, yeah, and so and except and, for air ambulance. Yeah. Well, so the article I wrote, and I wrote it along with Mike Nezovich, my friend, who I'm going to Alaska with. He and I actually wrote that article together. Uh, so it's interesting that it's kind of coincidence that he's been dragged into this. But um, our conclusion was that for ordinary trips uh that you definitely don't want to buy the trip cancellation policies you for sure don't want to buy it if you're flying from you know boston to chicago or boston to atlanta or even boston Miami. right just a regular trip right. yeah, the airlines really you know shove these policies down your throat right. without properly explaining how limited they are they really don't cover much the policy you bought is a quote-unquote good policy in that you can cancel your flight for any reason that's that's the coverage um, yeah, I still think, though, you have to weigh the risk, though, the true risk against the cost of the policy yeah. and the and also weigh the odds of you needing the policy. In your case, we were trying to figure out before the show, if you need to cancel your flight, what would it cost you? And right. We, we, we figure it's probably like $250. Well, it's to 200 each it. way. Right. That's $400. No, I, yeah. And so... But you're still weighing that risk of losing. You're not. You're not losing the entire cost of the yep. trip. You're losing that much. So the money maximum and I versus I eighty-six dollars, whatever you pay. Right, that's, get, that's a big premium for for what you're covering, right? For a little for added. So yeah. I hadn't thought about the fact it could change my flights for a change fee. I mean, certainly I would go at another time. Yeah. And the change fee you looked up was two hundred bucks each way, right? Well, it said it said two hundred fifty dollars, and I think that's to change your itinerary. So it wouldn't be each way; it would be each person. Um, but so that's what you're insuring against. That's the kind of risk. And the United States for domestic travel, the change fees for major airlines. Southwest doesn't charge them, by the way. Wow. But for other airlines, it's two hundred dollars. Well, per per flight. Per per itinerary. Per itinerary. Per itinerary. So you think I would be on the hook for a maximum of two hundred fifty bucks? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I, I don't know because we couldn't, we didn't have time to dig into to the. But airlines. that might be the case. But 250 let's say it's $400. If it was right, so, I have to so, weigh the you, difference between. But you between. bought an eighty-six dollar policy to protect yourself against a four hundred dollar loss. I yeah, mean, yeah, I wasn't thinking of, of the four hundred dollars yeah. at the time. No, so, I, right, and that's how they get you. Right and now, I'm yeah. see that I probably didn't need to spend now, that money. On the other hand, and I've heard from a lot of people when we published our article saying, you know, basically just don't buy these trip insurance plans. They said, yeah, but you know, I have a fifteen thousand dollar cruise I'm booking. Yeah, you know, and so you know, and I want to I want to protect that because what if I fall or what if somebody gets sick? 
so maybe that you know I don't know, but they're so expensive. These policies are so so expensive, and they don't really remind you of the fact that the entire travel industry is built around accommodating you. And so even if you spend fifteen thousand dollars on a cruise and they say we won't change anything, well, you know, but if you do have a problem, they are still likely to help you out. Uh, and I think you have to keep that in mind that even if the policy says that's non-refundable, not changeable, yeah, but a lot of times really? these places do. I, I I prepay for all my hotel bookings these days. And every time, you know, four times a year, just last week, I screwed up on the night I picked. I just called the hotel and they switched my nights. They didn't care. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what they do is accommodate people. Okay. So I guess if I had been thinking that the max I'd be on the hook for the airfare would be the change fee, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. But there is the, you said that getting the air ambulance is worth it. That's worth it. The, the the medical evacuation coverage is worth it if you don't already have that coverage under your private yeah. insurance plan. And you might. You have to. It's one of those things where you actually have to call your plan, wait on hold, figure it out. It's a total pain to see yeah, what they do. Yeah, but it's good to know. Cover. But uh, if you don't have that coverage, if you're on Medicare, you likely don't have that coverage. Okay. So, so if I don't have that coverage, uh, it's good to get. How I, much is that coverage? If you're going, you know, 40 bucks, it depends. If you're going to parts of Western Europe with good medical care, then I don't think you need it. If you're going but, to Japan, you don't need it. If you're going to, uh, you know, Egypt, yeah, I'd buy it. Uh, if I usually go to, to, you know, Romania and so Latin like America, that. I think it's probably worth buying. What do you figure that costs? It depends on your age, it depends on lots of factors, but yeah, I think you can count on for, you know, a, 40 bucks. Oh, no, there are plans where you can basically cover yourself for the whole year for about 180. 150 to $200. So it covers you all your trips for the year. All your trips for the year, anywhere in the world. Yeah, and so if you're older or have had health problems or you're going to parts of the world where you might need to be evacuated because they don't have good medical care, you do need to get, then I think that's worth considering. That's a good way to get it. It's not something I'm going to buy for myself because I have decent coverage. All right, good to know. Well, so it's kind of a wash for me. Yeah, I might have made a mistake. I just think these plans, you know, they present themselves as, oh, it's only $86 compared to a, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, $900 ticket or something, and, oh, that's a small percentage. Well, it's not a small percentage. It's a, it's no, like, the percentage it's like is 10%, massive. But the dollar amount seems low compared to the purchase. And so that's they've set it up to seem attractive. They yeah. know that, oh, you know, if it's a $400 flight, if we present this as a $17 plan, people will say, wow, that's not that much more. I'll just add it. But it's just not very good insurance. I know. But it's yeah. better than the airline one. The airline one I, the was airline junk. The airline ones are terrible, man. And, and, and half our articles about how the airline ones are just – absolutely awful uh and they the airlines should be ashamed of themselves for selling these things the way they are because they are essentially selling insurance to protect you against having to pay their stupid cancellation right fees. i mean the fact that southwest so, doesn't even have that fee protect yourself from our onerous that. fees that we shouldn't be uh, how, how much does it anyway? cost the airline's website to change your flight it right. costs them absolutely nothing uh, especially if you're 48 hours out or something yeah uh so okay you know so i made a Kind of a mistake, probably. No, I mean, but see, but the now you're feeling is, guilty. Yeah, that you didn't get it. Well, this is right, and this is what they're selling is quote unquote peace of mind. If you buy a good plan, yeah, there's nothing wrong with buying peace of mind. Usually, the plans are junk. At least in your case, you're like, I researched hey, the plan. Yeah, if somebody gets sick and I can't go, you're you feel good about it. Whereas for yeah. me, where my mother's been sick for the last several months, yeah, you know, I'm worried, and I'll probably, you know, be worried about it. Yeah. For, so you'll probably that worry will probably extract eighty six bucks worth of yeah. soul out of you. And by the way, you need to tell them what consumercheckbook.org oh. is. That's yeah. the entire reason you came. So it, go ahead. You didn't come here to talk about Alaska, I guess. Uh, 
Consumers Checkbook is a, a we're a nonprofit consumer group. Uh, we're consumer advocates. Uh, we publish uh, Consumers Checkbook magazine in seven different metro areas, including here in the the greater Boston area, eastern Massachusetts area. Uh, we evaluate local service companies, so we evaluate dentists and doctors and veterinarians and home improvement companies and insurance companies and, and all kinds of, of local services uh, for quality and price. Uh, we, we do a lot of surveying of our subscribers uh, are very careful. You can't just go on and rate a company on our website. You have to be invited in, basically. Uh, so for quality, a lot of our information comes from, from consumers who we ask about, you know, how do these companies do? On the price side, uh, we have our own team of, of undercover shoppers who, who every day, all day, uh, collect prices from companies because we find that there are really, really big price differences from company to company, and, and most consumers don't shop around, and, and quality and price often aren't really well-related. Uh, so that's basically what we do, and it really what sets us apart from, there's a lot of places out there these days that have ratings of companies and there's Angie's list and home advisor and Google and all these different companies. What makes us different is that we don't take any money from those companies. All these other, uh, people who, these businesses that purport to give you, uh, unbiased ratings of companies, uh, they, they really exist to sell advertising to those companies. Their clients are those companies. And so they are very interested and, uh, and it's important to them to keep those companies happy as opposed to consumers we on the other hand we don't we don't even have advertising we don't take any money from businesses uh, we exist only off of, of just subscriptions uh, ordinary consumers subscribing to the magazine subscribing to the website donating money I'm a proud consumer and I didn't get a deal I paid just yeah. like you will folks cheap it's like what is it 36 yeah, bucks for two years it's absurd it's like uh, I think for one year it's 28 dollars oh. and for two years it's like 34 dollars right. or something so and uh, I signed up for Consumer Reports too. I, I just went wild. Yeah, it, it's similar. We, we were when we were founded, we were you know modeled after Consumer Reports, and that uh, they rate stuff products yeah. usually, and we do local services. But when we started, uh, we we for sure had a, a model of. And actually, when we when we began, we we our some of our seed money came from Consumer Reports. Wow. Uh, they they gave us a grant to help get us started. That's and cool. Have been good to us over the years for sure. <laughs> Shockingly, I checked Consumer Reports for water flossers, you know, like water pick. Yeah. I want a handheld one. They didn't have them. Yeah, they have. What's I, up with I, that? I don't want to speak for them because I don't, I don't work for them. We don't have a relationship with them. But they have taken uh, a number of products off their testing uh, series over the years. Um, it, you know, everyone these days, and, and Checkbook is not innocent. We're not, not free from this. Uh, it's really hard to exist these days off of selling a subscription to something. Yeah. Uh, and when you don't have any advertising revenue behind that, even which yeah. is the case with checkbook, uh, you know you have to find other ways to do things. You have to cut costs where you can, and and so I don't I don't know a lot about Consumer Reports inner workings. They don't invite me to any of their meetings, but I have noticed too that they've they've cut back on uh, a lot of the things they used to review, and I'm sure that it has to do with traffic on the site. Yeah. If, if people aren't interested in it, they're not going to spend money on it, uh, and I certainly get that. It, and, and checkbook's the same way. I mean they're there are categories we used to evaluate that I'm not as interested in evaluating anymore. I don't want to spend a lot of money on things that I know people aren't yep. are looking at. We, I, we did the whole series on uh, solar energy once. I mean, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time uh, and staff time, you know, evaluating uh, solar, uh, solar installations. And, you know, what's the payback on these things and who should you hire? And, and we got very little traffic, unfortunately, on that. People what's big? 
Well, it depends on where you live, and, and things have changed. I mean, it used to be there were a lot of Gutters. federal and – Oh, what are big categories? Big categories. Oh, uh, the biggest ones – the biggest one by far is healthcare, physicians. Uh-huh. Uh, that drives all the traffic on our side. Wow. Uh, and part of the reason is, is that I think we have, uh, we, we are unique in that we do evaluate physicians, not just with patient ratings, uh, but we have a whole category of our site called surgeonratings.org, which you and I have talked about, where we are evaluating surgeons nationally uh, for their outcomes. How often, for high-risk surgery, uh, how, you know, do their patients die more often than they should have? Did get infections, they have infections, good results, yeah. Uh, did they have really long hospital stays? Did they have, you know, uh, hospital readmissions? Uh, and so, you know, that's a big concern for people. The stakes can't be more high than healthcare, And so that's the number one traffic area on our side. After that, it's the home improvement stuff for the most part. It's things like roofing and plumbing and heating and air conditioning, uh, painters, general contractors, Again, where there's high stakes, where you can lose a lot of money if you choose poorly. Okay, so after this break, which, during which we'll get the news and get you some weather, which is pretty good for tomorrow, we will delve into LASIK eye surgery and uh, stuff that you should not buy used, if, I'm, if I got it right. Yeah, stuff you should buy used. Stuff you yes. should buy used. And then, and then a small bit on what you shouldn't buy used. Okay, yeah. good. So you're here to represent your uh, organization, consumercheckbook.org, and we're going to look at... First, I guess, LASIK surgery. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm nearsighted. I have glasses. It used to be when I was in high school. They said four eyes. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I hated the glasses. Now, my glasses hide the bags under my eyes somewhat. So I like them. And I don't... I haven't looked into LASIK surgery. But for a while, I looked into it. And uh, I was nervous about it. So let's find out. My brother got it. He likes it. Other people said, I got dry eyes. And for me, these are my eyes, man. I don't... Ooh, I don't want it to... Go south. I'm I'm nervous yeah. about it. So, do I need to be nervous? Uh, you know, it's one of those things where the the industry as a whole uh, promotes LASIK surgery as a um, a very highly low risk, a very safe procedure, uh, and it for sure is in terms of uh, encountering risks. You know, big risks, serious risks. It's quite safe. It's probably the the, the safest surgery out there. Um, it's very, very rare uh, that a LASIK, a LASIK surgeon, for example, would blind you or, or even have a, like a serious complication, like an infection even. Um, but there are minor complications and minor problems that can be caused uh, that, that, you know, that they're still somewhat uncommon, but they're a lot more common than, than a lot of these uh, laser eye surgery places let on. Uh, for example, they'll say that you know, it's the safest procedure out there. You know, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't really, um, that doesn't really explain away the fact that a fairly large percentage of the patients who get the surgery have dry eyes or, or see halos at night or have blurry vision from time to time. Forever? Well, no, it depends. Uh, for a lot of patients, it goes away within, say, four weeks or so. And for other patients, uh, these symptoms come and go. But for still others, 
uh, they may have that problem for their for their lifetime. Our one of uh, my colleagues at Checkbook got LASIK many many years ago, and ever since he has dry eyes, and, and they make him miserable. It's like torture. He's always has to put eye drops. See, in. and he'll tell you straight up, he wishes he never had the surgery. Um, so is it safe? Well, yeah. In terms of you know riskiness from serious complications, yeah, it's really safe. In terms of it's still surgery. There's still risks. There's still things that can happen. Uh, you could still have an injury uh, that affects, you know, the flap that they create. Uh, you could still have dry. You could still have a minor infection. And I don't think that the LASIK industry in general uh, is is trans as transparent as they should be about that. The New York Times had an article uh, just last year about this problem. Basically, that. Uh, the industry says, oh, it's such a safe procedure. There's really little risk here. Uh, but that's not really true. That The minor problems are a lot more common than, than, than they let on. Also, there's an age factor, correct? I mean, it, it, if yeah. you're old, so one thing it, it, it can't do is everything. You can get straight up nearsightedness right. fixed. But as you get older, a couple things happen. Is it presbyopia, which is the muscles that change the focus of the eye? They don't right. work as well. It's not going to help that. And you also start to, your eyeballs start to shrink again if you have, in general, if you have nearsightedness. And mm -hmm. your nearsightedness kind of gets better, but you get farsighted. Yeah, right. And you're going to still need some glasses. You may not need bifocals, but at some point, if you're getting up 50s, 60s, you're going to need some glasses. So... There's that. Yeah, right? no, I think you explained it well. Uh, the, the industry, again, uh, often presents the surgery as, and they'll say in there, there is, you know, a permanent solution. You'll never need glasses or you won't need glasses anymore. You won't need contacts anymore. What they're not telling you is that, well, that's not really true for most patients. Most patients will eventually need to wear glasses again, either because they have presbyopia or because you, in general, your eyesight will continue to decline as you get aged. So, you decline, may, you may it'll still change. Need, you may still need bifocals by the time you hit 50. So to say that it's a permanent solution, or that you won't need glasses or contacts again, well, you might not for a long period of time, for 5, 10, 15 years, but it's not a permanent fix. It yep. can't be. Uh, they can, though, they can fix one eye to be nearsighted, you know, correct nearsightedness in one eye and farsightedness in another. Yeah. This is something that surgeons are more and more suggesting patients do uh, once their eyes have aged. Because your brain compensates. Yeah, and so, well, not for everybody. <laughs> so, oh, no. And, you know, and so there's a risk there that if you're not sure you can adjust or adjust quickly enough, you know, that may be a problem. Yeah, too. why mess around? Glasses work pretty well. Well, and, and that's and why you, I haven't gotten it. And uh, when you go in the woods, they protect yeah. your eyes from getting branches snapping yeah. in your eyes. And, and, yeah, exactly right. And, <laughs> and that's why I haven't gotten it. I mean, I make my living reading and writing. And so I've never, every year I go to get my contact lens prescription renewed and my doctor says, you should have the surgery, man. You know, you're a perfect candidate. You have perfect corneas for it on and on and on. And I just, I haven't done it because I just, you know, the risk is so low of something going wrong yet. I don't know. Plus, I just if don't you're not super the motivated, then why? Well, it's then, a case if, if it isn't need, broken to you, then don't fix then it. Then if I'm going to need readers in five years anyways, what's the point? I, the flip side of this is my wife had the surgery. Before my wife had the surgery, her vision was awful. I mean, she really was really uh, nearsighted. 
And so, but now she's at the point five years later where, yes, she does have to wear readers to do certain things. Yeah, but they're not big, thick and things. And yes, she does need to probably get an adjustment made for even, uh, for her nearsightedness. But yeah, it's not as if before uh, the surgery, if she woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't find her glasses, she couldn't see anything. She would just stumble around. Yep. Um, you know, the, before, you know, she really couldn't wear contacts at all. So she had to wear glasses. They were always getting knocked off and lost and things like that and sat on. Uh, and again, she was just, I'm not going to say she was blind without glasses. I was getting knocked off and sat on. I'd, uh, I'm an active yeah. dude. That doesn't happen to me. Well, what what is she any, doing? You don't have any toddlers. Is she a lady wrestler? You don't have any toddlers in your home. <laughs> oh, they, right. They'd wreck Of course. Things. Okay. So, yeah. Toddlers. Well, we don't have toddlers anymore. So that problem's been resolved. Too. Your kids don't hit your mother, uh, hit their mother in the I'm head much. You, now. you You ask any any mother of a toddler and they'll say, oh, you know, like, you know, <laughs> our managing editor, when she had toddlers, she would wait for the sales to be like, buy one, get two free sale at certain chains. And she'd run out to buy glasses because she'd keep six around at a time. Okay. And a, a note on something you mentioned about how your eyes are going to degrade anyway. I want to say they'll change. They don't necessarily do. Because mine have, yeah. I have gotten, you know, I it's tough for me to read, but my nearsightedness has gotten slightly better. Yeah. Like I don't need, I haven't needed to get, different prescription for my nearsightedness as a matter of fact it's kind of gone the other way right and, and this is and you're right and this is why uh, a lot the best eye doctors will tell you uh that you should they shouldn't overcorrect uh if you're getting glasses yeah. in context because if you overcorrect say for nearsightedness you, your eyes on the other side will get worse and so and it's a, it's actually a problem that a lot of eye doctors often well, you, they really need to undercorrect because your eyes will adjust. And yeah. if they overcorrect, then for nearsightedness, then you may become farsighted. Yeah, that makes right. me, when I, I'm a little nervous about a, a place where there's an eye doctor and they also sell the glasses. Yeah. Say you have perfectly fine, you're a little under right. 20, 20, where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And they look at your eyes and they try to jump you up one. So you need to buy new glasses. Right. When you, A, don't I did that once and they it made it blurry and I said hey this I can tell these are yeah. too strong and I don't think it was an accident to tell you the truth well, I, I can tell you that if you're worried about conflicts of interest in the medical world that's the least of your worries yeah uh, the, the relationships between pharmaceutical companies and physicians for example are just awful uh, and, and and there's there's not nearly as much transparency about those relationships <laughs> uh, there's not nearly enough transparency about uh, physicians who own stakes in physical therapy centers or physicians who own stakes in imaging centers. Uh, some states prevent uh, medical offices from doing, you know, doctors having a stake in, say, a radiological and imaging center because then they're just going to send everybody over for x-rays every day, right? Yeah. Uh, but not all states do, and, and there's there's a lot of conflicts in that world too. But you're right. I think there's a an issue there. There's there's an issue in terms of referral fees in the world of, of vision. Uh, you know, are eye doctors suggesting you get LASIK because they think that's best for you or because they're getting a kickback from the, the laser eye surgery center? I don't know. Uh, one thing we did in our, our little examination of, of LASIK centers is uh, we called all of the ones we could find here in the Boston area and collected prices for them. Uh, we collect prices to treat both eyes for a uh, yeah, pretty standard, you know, 2060 vision, 2060 or 2080. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but you know, a, a, a general correction for like a 35 year old and found huge price differences from place to place. The lowest price was quoted, uh, was about 3000 to 3,500 for both eyes, somewhere in that range. The highest price was double that more than $6,000. So if you're thinking about getting LASIK, 
do shop around and don't assume that the low price place does lousy work. That's that's unlikely to be the case. There's just big, big price differences because people don't shop around for this stuff. Yes, and that's one thing that I'm finding with a lot of the services that you at consumercheckbook.org check on is that you don't really necessarily get what you pay for. No, no, not in the world of, of local services. And and with LASIK surgery, I mean, I think you know, definitely meet with the surgeon, see how long he or she spends with you. They should Ask him if he gets a kickback. They, <laughs> They should just spend a lot of time with you and explain all of your options and how, how long this should last and what their success rate is. You know, I mean, really go over it with you. The ones who rush you through appointments, those are the ones you want to avoid. Also, might not harm, talk to people who have had it done. Let's take a break, and now we'll get to stuff that's it's a good idea to buy used. This is going to be awesome. It's WBZ. You recognize my voice? I hear his voice in the morning hour. He calls me. Talking WBZ News Radio 1030. I know how this sounds, but something told me to turn on the radio. A voice on the radio told you to come here. Radio zombies all night long. You just have to listen. Bradley J's coming on strong. Jay talking. Bradley J. You're up next. It won't be long. WBZ. Can I talk? Talk to you. You gotta talk as well. The hours. Radio 1030. I just get wrapped up in the music and I don't really want to talk. It sounds so cool. <laughs> Kevin Brasler is with us from checkbook.org, consumer service ratings. And we're going to talk about uh, not buying stuff new. Yeah. Some things good to buy new, some things not. So I don't know how you want to go about this. I'll just let you do it, I guess. Well, I mean, we were, we were just talking that it took me like, I don't know, for some reason, I, I've been pushing my staff to write this article and do the research for it for like a year and a half. And they kept coming back to me and complaining. You know, it's just obvious that you'll save a lot of money if you buy used stuff. And I said, I'm not sure it's so obvious. But and some it, things it's bad to buy used. Well, you know what? The, the fact is, you know, just about everything, if you can buy it used uh, and, and there's no, you know, gross factor, I'm not saying you'd buy like, I, I wouldn't buy a used mattress, for example. That's gross <laughs> right? factor. I wouldn't you buy, I wouldn't, touch I wouldn't a gross, buy a used, used, any used upholstered furniture, although, you know, some people do. Um, I wouldn't buy, I for sure wouldn't buy a used bike helmet because it's probably unsafe. You should not, and I can't stress this enough, do not buy used car seats. If a car seat's been in an accident, it needs to be thrown away. They're not safe anymore. Um, you mean kid car seat? Yeah, a car seat for the ki- yeah for the kids. And and I think you should be cautious in bu- in buying uh, used or even refurbished electronics. If if the manufacturer, such as Apple or Dell or or, or you know, if the manufacturer itself has refurbished the unit and offers a strong guarantee. Yeah. On that, then yes, I think they're absolutely worth buying. Like you can buy a refurb iPad. I, iPad, like I have for my daughter, because she's going to drop the thing anyways, right? But I would not buy a refurbished or used unit uh, from a, a major retailer, even or say Amazon, because you don't know what you're getting. You don't know if it was was it an open box or did somebody return it because it was defective, and that's the big concern from electronics that you're buying something that somebody else found was defective and the store just put it out there in the secondary market. However, 
lots of other things uh, I'd buy, used, and I'd save a lot of money on. And, and so our article that you could find at checkbook.org, but you know, we can go over some of the things now, uh, really just kind of discusses that you, know, you can't just save a lot of money buying used. That's really one reason to do it. But another reason to do it is that it really does help the environment. And I really, I wish this were a, a strong, strong movement. I think it's gaining some traction now, but but by buying used, it means that uh, that item, it's not going to make its way to a landfill and just be wasted. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, shipped to another part of the world uh, where there is a strong secondary market. Yeah, the energy wasn't stuff. used to manufacture right. a new and one. And that's, that's the thing. And that's the most important thing. Because you bought a used thing, somebody didn't have to manufacture a new one for you. Yeah. Um, people all the time remodel their kitchens and throw away perfectly good appliances. It happens every single day. And so there's a massive market out there for used appliances that you can tap into. Uh, people every day uh, throw into landfills or just, you know, uh, clothing, used clothing. For My wife buys, I'd say, two-thirds of our kids' clothing uh, from from friends and from a, a like a mom's, uh, you know, web serve group that she belongs to. And, and you know, is buying dresses that cost $40 for $4 all the time. And they're perfectly good. They're like new. Sometimes they still have the tags on them. Oh, she's right? saving. She's scrounging around. She's for, scrounging around trying for to save 30, money. Save 36 bucks. And for you're my going, Alaska trip. And you're, going, right. and you're, you're dropping twenty. dollars Let's not talk about that. Let's not dwell. Let's not dwell. That's right. She's driving out of her way and scrounging for the $4 How many dresses. trips? For little dresses, is she going to have to? A lot of the, a lot of our kids' toys uh, when they were kids were were used because you know we just we would just I'm not saying we would pick them up off the curb, right. but you know they have this network where I live where they're, and there this exists in everywhere where there's these moms groups, basically parents groups, uh, where you know you'll you'll see you know basically little mini ads that are posted up. Oh, here's what it is. Here's how much it costs, and you leave four dollars an envelope on the porch, and you get the item. So in your, um, in consumercheckbook.org, what are you rating? So we're not really, for this article, we didn't really evaluate anything other than, you know, give you advice and examples of what we could save. So, for example, um, for a laptop, we were comparing the cost of new uh, versus refurbished. Uh, buying from Dell, uh, we found a really nice laptop that new retails for $1,300. We found it refurbished by Dell for $800. I, I'd buy it. Uh, we found uh, uh, an iPhone X for, you know, new. It's it's over $1,000. Uh, you can get one refurbished for you know, about $150 less than that. Uh, so those are items where you'll save some. We found other things where you just save a ton. So exercise equipment, for example. People are always buying treadmills and elliptical runners and, and, and stationary bikes and all this stuff, and then they never use them, and then they try to get rid of them. And there's such a massive market for used exercise equipment that you can get this stuff for almost nothing sometimes it's free and then sometimes the really nice stuff we found is like basically half off if you buy it used uh we when we did in our kind of shopping around we found that yeah basically exercise equipment the really good stuff the stuff that's in light new condition is half the price right of retailing new uh on and on we found you know furniture is usually you know used furniture is usually about half the price is what it is new even for stuff that's that's in excellent condition uh, appliances you can save a ton if you buy especially like scratch and dent appliances that's basically a new appliance but it was damaged in shipment yeah. or something well if it's the side of your refrigerator that's going to be facing cabinets that no one's ever going to see why not consider that yeah. uh, you may not be able to buy a matching set for your whole kitchen from scratch and dent 
But I do think that's worth, you know, seeking out, especially for the most expensive item in your kitchen. You start there with a scratch and dent refrigerator and then and then go on from there. And then you can buy appliances that match the rest of the place if you want. Uh, jewelry, there's a massive, massive market out there, not surprisingly, uh, for diamonds because there's so many divorces. And so it's not it's not entirely romantic to buy a, a used diamond. But think about it this way. It's the most durable material in the world, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it is something that you can polish it up, and it's like new. And even a jeweler wouldn't even be able to tell that it wasn't recently mined. And I mean, they wouldn't know. Yeah. So uh, so again, on and on, uh, you know, tools. Uh, there's lots of tools out there for sale in the secondary market. Musical instruments. Uh, you know, all these things we found. Oh, pool tables. You can get pool tables for next to nothing because everyone's trying to reclaim you know, their rec room from this pool table that takes up the entire space and yeah. ping pong tables, same way. So our whole article is about, you know, not only what you can save, but things to look for for each of these categories I've discussed. Like with electronics, you know, some are worth considering and some we would really, we recommend. How about uh, stereo speakers? Stereo speakers, yeah, there's a huge market for those because people don't even use, you know, traditional, conventional, you know, old school stereos yeah. anymore. They're just you know, listening to music over headphones and stuff like that. Um, there's, of course, a massive, massive market out there for antiques, uh, things like that, collectibles. Uh, we looked into, say, video games, for example, well, because so many video games are downloaded these days. Uh, they're really the most of the market out there in terms of secondhand video games, uh, console games, uh, that's become, they've become collectibles. So what you used to be able to get for a dollar, that that Nintendo cartridge or that, you know, PlayStation 1 CD that you could get to play games on, those become collectibles, they become more expensive. But but most things that you think about that, oh, you know, can I buy that? Yeah, you can you can save a ton of money. Things like pool tables and, uh, well, you should be able to take a look at a pool table and say, see, the pool tables are cheap and realize, you know, the reason they're cheap is because everybody gets them and they realize they yeah. shouldn't have gotten them. Which might be a little message to you that you also should, right. should not get it because you're going to be happy. Well, the same thing with with the you know the treadmill, right? You make sure you're going to use this thing. The, the whole fitness industry runs off of good intentions. Yeah. I always write that that you know. Uh, also consider how you're going to pay for this stuff. I mean, you want to avoid getting ripped off. Uh, you need to keep in mind that when you if you give somebody money through PayPal, their friends and family thing. Um, that you don't have any kind of dispute resolution protection from that. So you do need to pay them as if you're buying an item. Um, if you can ever pay with a credit card, make sure you do that because you get strong, strong consumer protections. Something else we've discussed here. Always a pleasure. Kevin Brasler, Check Consumer, checkbook.org. You might want to, I have it. It's awesome. And uh, thanks for coming out. Yeah, Thank thanks. you for taking the time to come in in person. Really appreciate it. And maybe next time we'll get a bite if you get in early yeah, enough. I'll try. Yeah. Right on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.